You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. So the best way for me to understand and conceptualize what yoga is, is that it's a practice. Everything you do is a practice. So how well you do something in any particular given day is irrelevant. It's showing up on the mat and doing your breathing. My guest today is named Aaron Paregis. He is a personal coach and a yoga instructor. He specializes in yoga classes for people that are in recovery. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, everybody. My name is Aaron Paregis. I am a yoga beast. That's my Facebook handle uh, and Instagram handle. I am in recovery for alcoholism. I uh, am sober since 2013. So it's just over seven and a half years. I practice yoga. I became a yoga teacher. I started practicing yoga about four years ago, four or five years ago. Once I started doing yoga, I noticed some really significant shifts in the way that I was thinking and became very, very passionate about my practice and began to practice on a regular basis almost every day. About a year and a half in, I decided to become a yoga instructor. Um, the purpose of the yoga that I do, the purpose of my yoga, the reason why I started doing yoga was the 11th step, which is prayer and meditation. I wasn't really effectively doing that. I knew that yoga had aspects of meditation. And so I kind of went in with the hope of learning more about meditation so that I could begin to practice that better in my 11th step uh, and prayer as well. As a result, I just got totally hooked on yoga, then became a yoga instructor. I've been teaching yoga in uh, studios and gyms and such and online. Uh, my favorite class, the class that was given to me, or I created uh, was the one that I kind of I basically lost because of COVID was a, a prayer and meditation class, an eleventh step prayer and meditation class where we practice Yin Yoga, which is a style of yoga, and then add in prayer and meditation related to the twelve steps. So we basically meditate on little aspects here and there of the twelve steps which is in and of itself yoga. So the meditation and the, and the focusing the mind on that. So I recently have learned a lot about doing yoga online, you know, try working on upping my game in terms of the quality, creating videos, doing online yoga, and uh, try, trying to provide yoga at a very, very low cost to individuals who are in recovery who are, or maybe they're coming out of a recovery, you know, institution of some sort where they have had exposure to yoga and would like to continue and grow their yoga practice. I don't believe that I am the yoga teacher for everyone, but I definitely believe that I can help individuals who want to grow a yoga practice to kind of seek one out wherever they are, where they can use me as, a, as someone to talk to about what to do next, who to go to. So I really consider myself a resource for anybody in the country who is interested in pursuing yoga 
on their own as a way and a means to improve their the quality of their recovery. So I guess that's kind of my story in terms of my journey in yoga. I've never done yoga before. I'm kind of familiar with the idea of what yoga is. You know, I've seen it on TV. I'm familiar with posing and that kind of stuff, but I don't really know exactly what all that entails. Yeah, let's clear that up just a little bit there. So when you see when you when you see the physical postures on television or on Instagram and all those, that is only one of eight pieces of yoga. Yoga is actually a practice of many it has many 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 different practices. Does that make sense? So you have meditation, you have breathing, you have asana. So asana is the physical postures. When you see people doing the physical postures, they're doing one portion of an eight-limbed path. All of these aspects of yoga are designed to still the mind and bring your mind closer to a higher power. Now, when you are practicing the physical aspects of yoga and that's all you do and that's totally okay, you are missing out on other aspects of yoga, like meditation and the breathing. Typically, meditation and breathing is done after the asana practice, but in most yoga studios, almost all yoga studios, they don't even do that. So you're only getting a physical practice when you're doing um, yoga. In many cases, just the physical practice in a yoga studio. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but there are other things that you can do um, and add on, which help to facilitate that connection to your body and to your mind and to the idea of a higher power. So there are many other aspects that are not being addressed in a regular yoga studio. There's just not enough time. I had no idea that there was so mm -hmm. much involved in yoga like you were talking about. The only thing that I was aware of was the poses. I didn't mm -hmm. know. I didn't know about all these other aspects. So it sounds like you're doing online classes now. Do you go into these other aspects of yoga besides just the poses and, and work on the breathing and the meditation? Now, I do add those in when it's appropriate, right? So like I said, many people have this conception of what yoga is. It's, oh, I'm just stretching my body or I'm doing this flow, blah, blah, blah. So I have to meet a student where they are, right? And so I'm not going to go into a full-blown pranayama breathing practice with someone who has never practiced breathing, if that makes any sense. You know, I could do a basic meditation with someone. So I consider myself a basic yoga instructor. I try to teach the basics. Now, the basics are not necessarily easy, right? Just because something is basic doesn't mean it's easy. So the best way for me to understand and conceptualize what yoga is, is that it's a practice. Everything you do is a practice. So how well you do something in any particular given day is irrelevant. It's showing up on the mat and doing your breathing. It's showing up on the mat and doing the physical exercises. It's showing up on the mat and doing the uh, meditation. So just like the 12 steps, if I've got something going on in my head that's a resentment, do I show up and do the fourth and fifth step to clean it up? Do I do that? Am I willing to do that? Right. And so, and then five and six and then seven and eight. So yoga can teach you how to show up for yourself. 
I like to say that the 12 steps or any faith whose goal is for you to place your mind on your higher power. So Christianity has a very specific higher power. Hinduism has a very specific higher power. Islam has a very specific higher power. Now, 12-step doesn't have a specific higher power, but you are allowed to create your own. So it's the same thing. So any, any path whose purpose is to place your mind and to train your mind onto a higher power is yoga. So 12 steps is essentially yoga. It's essentially a mental aspect of yoga. It's a meditative aspect of yoga. And so because you have those aspects of the 12 steps, which are essentially yoga, they're just different practices. You can add in the yoga practices of breathing. You can add in the yoga practice of asana or the postures. So they all lead you into the same direction. So you're adding in additional things that you might want to add in to help facilitate that, you know, your recovery. And your recovery is dependent on, in terms of the 12 steps on your higher power, making that regular connection to a higher power. Let me give you an example. Like in the big book, so right at the end of the interaction in terms of prayer and meditation, we constantly remind ourselves that no one is, uh, that we are no longer running the show. And then humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. So that is actually a yogic practice. So have you ever seen somebody with prayer beads? Many different religions or faiths have prayer beads. Christian, Hindu, Muslim, yogi, Buddhist, they all have prayer beads. So that's a commonality that runs throughout spiritual practices. Do you see that? Now, we don't have that in 12 steps. We don't say, well, you have to go get these beads and pray. But we are told that we constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day. So when I'm doing a prayer, like when I'm doing prayer beads, in, in yoga they're called mala beads, I'm repeating a mantra over and over and over. Now the mantra is a prayer, it has a specific meaning, and so I'm basically saying that meaning over and over and over inside. But what that does over time is it trains me to pray constantly. So right here in the big book, it says essentially that I am constantly reminding myself I am no longer running the show, saying to ourselves many times each day that I will be done. I will be done could be literally the mantra that I use when I'm using like a prayer bead. Okay, so what I'm actually doing, because yoga is really more scientific than it is, there's a spiritual, there's a scientific aspect to spirituality, meaning that if I do this, I get this. There's a cause and effect. If I use my prayer beads, now I can say anything with my prayer beads. It does not matter. Remember, I'm a 12-stepper, so I get to make it up. So I can create my own prayer. I can use prayers in the, in the big book or, or whatnot. But when I use the prayer beads, what I'm doing is I'm training my mind to pray constantly. Now, does that mean that I walk through the day praying all day long? Not necessarily, because my mind fluctuates. My mind, sometimes you've been there, <laughs> you know, the bondage of self. You ever been locked down like that? Your mind is locked down in the bondage of self? Absolutely. 
right? So in a way, when I'm in the bondage of self, because that has happened to me and it still does on occasion, right? I'm literally praying because that is a loop. That conversation in my head is a loop over and over and over and over, right? And that's actually what I have to turn over to my higher power. Typically, that loop is something that I need to deal with in terms of the fourth and fifth step, six, seven, eight, nine, right? Because it's something triggered me into that loop. So how do I get out of that loop? Well, I got to use the program. I got to use the tools of the program very specifically. But how do I break that pattern? How do I break the pattern? Prayer and meditation is a way to help me break that pattern. And so I can use my prayer. I can use my mala beads in order to train me to pray over time. And then I'm, then I'm more likely to be praying throughout the day. And then that bondage of self really is, I was triggered by something. And then the train leaves the station, right, in my head. And I can't stop that 500-ton train. But in reality, the, the thought that we're having when it comes to having the bondage of self is just a thought. And a thought is actually not a real thing. And so what, I, what the problem is, is I'm attached to that thought. And I get really attached to it by repeating it to myself over and over and over. When I realize and come to understand that it's simply a thought, that doesn't mean it doesn't affect me. That doesn't mean I don't get triggered. It just means I can interrupt it a little bit sooner. All right. So when you get in the bondage of self, the goal is to become aware that I'm there and then begin to shift using the program. How do I get myself to become aware that I'm in the bondage of self? Because I could be in the bondage of self and I'm like, here we go. I'm, I'm in there. <laughs> I know what's happening, but I can't stop it. At least I'm aware of it. So then I, then, then I have to become willing to pick up the tools and to use them and to move out of the bondage of self. But it's about awareness that pray, you know, using uh, prayer helps us build that awareness so that hopefully I can interrupt and then maybe I don't get in the bondage of self for six months. Maybe it's only three months this time, or maybe it's only a week this time, or maybe it's only a day. Not because it's not happening, but because my level of awareness is high enough and developed enough in order for me to grasp onto the program as quickly as possible. Now, the reason why I'm in the bondage of self for six months is because I'm refusing to use the program. But if I can recognize that I'm there and then start, just start, and maybe that the first thing I do is just to start to pray, and then I call my sponsor, and then I start the fourth step, and then the fifth step. Because it inevitably, whenever I do the program, I get out of the bondage of self. How long it takes me to get there is, for me, in my understanding, a level of awareness. Am I aware that I'm there? Am I aware that my mind is locked in on this obsessive thought? So prayer, meditation, doing the physical practice of yoga, becoming aware of my physical body, becoming aware of the feelings and the sensations, not emotional feelings. But the physical feelings in my body when I'm stretching it, that's my mind being placed on the body and the body is in the present moment. 
or my mind being placed on the breath. The breath is in the present moment. So when I can train my mind over time, using the body and using the breath to get my mind back to the present moment, if I can get my mind there, then then I have a chance to catch when I'm in the bondage itself, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the process of of yo like very basic process. We haven't even, you know we haven't even crossed the bridge of like how you make connection with your higher power, which is really just through prayer and meditation. But you just have to be disciplined about it. Here's another aspect of yoga. Anything you're doing in terms of physical, like if you play basketball, if you run, if you bike, if you lift weights, all of those are also yoga. They can be yoga, right? And so you can practice a physical yoga practice, like in a yoga studio with a yoga teacher and learn how to breathe, learn how to focus on the breath, learn how to focus on the body, and then simply take that to your preferred physical exercise, right? So once you learn how to do that, then you can take it to your physical exercise, and then that, that becomes your yoga. There's no need to go and be on the mat all the time. I just prefer yo- the physical yoga, like the physical aspect of yoga, because I don't, you know, I don't run. And you're never going to get, you're never going to see me run. I'm never going to run. <laughs> it's just not my thing, right? I'm just not, you know, I like the physical, uh, the physical. It's a very balanced practice, the physical aspect of yoga. It stretches the body very in a ba- very balanced way. It strengthens the body in a very balanced way. But if you have a preference of going to the gym, that's fine. But learn how to connect to your breath. Learn how to connect to your body when you're doing that and you're doing, you're doing yoga. Any spiritual practice is yoga. Any physical practice is a part of yoga. It just matters what you're doing in your mind. So the purpose of yoga, the purpose of it, is to still the fluctuations of the mind. So that when you still the fluctuations of the mind, you can then connect with your deeper self, your truer self, your higher power, all of that. All of that is the purpose of of yoga. And again, you don't really learn that to a certain extent you might get a little bit of exposure, but all you got to do is learn how to connect to your body with your mind, your breath and your body. And then you practice the 12 steps and that's a perfect yoga practice. That's a per- it's, it's a comprehensive yoga practice. And you've given me a lot to think about for sure. And it's a practice. It takes a, it takes a while, you know, now when I first started yoga and I felt a connection Immediately, I felt, I, I immediately recognized that something was going on in my mind, that was something was shifting, because that's what we're trying to do, is trying to make some shifts in our head, you know, or at least that's, that's my interpretation of it. And the reason why I could perceive that shift is because I trained myself in other things. Like I've done a lot of like Tony Robbins work, what he's doing is yoga, essentially. So I... I become aware of my thinking way before I started doing yoga. I become aware of, you know, like when, when I was able to let go of something, when it comes to 12 steps, like fourth and fifth step, if I, we had bondage of self and had to do a fourth or fifth step on a specific item, and then six, seven, eight, nine, if those are relevant, and then letting go. I could literally feel and I would know like, holy crap, wow, this stuff works. I'm like, literally, my body is letting go. My mind is completely let go of this obsessive thought. And so I was aware that the yoga was actually facilitating this. Does that make sense? 
but that's because I had done a whole bunch of other work in other areas. You know what I mean? So I kind of understood, okay, that's what they mean. Boom. That's why I dove right into the physical uh, aspect of yoga. And then in terms of the spiritual, I had to go to certain teachers. But just because you get on a mat, you just got to keep showing up. Keep showing up. And then um, using the 12 steps, like there's something called an intention that we use in yoga. So you might come to your mat and you have an intention and then you work with that intention throughout the class, whatever that means for you. I remember very specifically using let go and let God. I had something going on in my mind and I used something from the program, let go, let God. And I was able for some reason to let go physically. And when I was able to physically let go in the posture that I was in, like completely relax the body for whatever reason. It's kind of like the spiritual aspect let go as well. So spirituality and your physical body and your mind are all interconnected. And so sometimes it's hard for me to let go of something that I'm mentally thinking about. But if I can physically let go and if like of the tension in my body, that leaves space for me to let go mentally. Because they're all interconnected. They're all related. I don't know if I can make this analogy work. Do you remember when you discovered Google? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely. You're like, holy crap. If This Google thing, like, I can learn everything about the world on this Google thing, right? So then you start asking questions and you start looking and you learn more and you learn more and you learn more and you learn more. You learn more. Well, the body is the same way. The point is, is that the body holds our experiences in our life. It holds on to the, our experiences, the tension, through tension. If we have a traumatic experience in our life, the body holds on to that experience, not just in the mind, which is really what we're dealing with when we're doing the 12 steps, but the body physically also holds on to that through tension. And so the 12-step doesn't address that aspect to it. And that's all right. That's totally all right. But to know that the body holds a lot of information about our past through tension is very useful. Because if I know that and I can begin to work that tension out of the body, then spiritually, my mind can let go as well of the trauma. Now, am I going to be completely free of trauma in my life? I don't know. I just know that I have, a, I have a pathway. I have a physical aspect that allows me to get through the trauma as well as a spiritual aspect using the 12 steps and combining the two is very useful and helpful for me. So trauma, like you know, someone who was hurt maybe as a child, whatever it is. So something happens. The child reacts in a very specific way to protect themselves, to, to ascend. And sometimes it's fight or flight or freeze. It's one of those things. But the situation, the, the trauma that occurs creates tension in the body. And then what happens is that when we, let's say that trauma causes a sense of powerlessness. Over time, as I grow up, I'm specifically speaking of myself, as I grow up, Whenever I feel a sense of powerlessness, 
my mind remembers physically what happened in that moment of powerlessness and goes right back there. It's the reaction. My, my body reacts the same way. Now, this situation over here is not what happened to me 20 years ago. But my reaction is the same. So that reaction is the uh, character defect. How I react when I feel powerless. Now, when I was younger, that reaction was absolutely appropriate. But as I grow older, that reaction it's not what it's not useful. And this is only my experience. I'm you know I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm simply speaking for myself. But that reaction is no longer useful. And it's not even appropriate to the situation. Like I could feel powerless because someone took a Snickers from me. But my reaction is the trauma that occurred to me a long time ago. So becoming aware of the trauma, becoming aware of the thinking, the character defect that go, that was wrapped around that trauma. And then, in, you know, in the big book, in the 12 and 12, it talks about how we, how the mind twists itself. And so now my mind is twisted around my reaction to that previous trauma, but now I'm twisting it and reacting this way in every aspect of my life. And then the story gets all jacked up. And so what happens is that I need to become what yoga has helped me do. Yoga and the 12 steps in combination has helped me become aware of the story has helped me become aware of the trauma, like the trauma that I didn't even know that I had a year and a half ago from 20 years ago. Like I didn't even know. And then I realized that self-knowledge, that doesn't, that avails you nothing. But knowing is very important to coming to that place where we know that things have happened, something has happened. And then using the 12 steps for specifically four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, to unpack the trauma, to unpack the thinking so that I can live a happy and useful life. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that my reactions are perfect. But when it's happening, that trauma, when that trauma is coming back up, I know it. I see it. Does that make sense? I'm completely aware. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Right? And that's what I say to myself. Here I go again. And I'm not judging myself. I'm simply noticing. I'm acknowledging that this is happening. I know where it comes from. Now the key is to find out what happened in my immediate circumstances that maybe triggered this. And then I can begin to unpack from there. Using the fourth step, fourth and fifth step. And then recognizing the character defect, really that the reaction to life is for me, the, the reaction is the character defect. So sometimes I'm seeing the character defect, got to step back to four and five and then make my way through from there. But like I said, this has all become much more available to me through the practice of yoga because... I'm aware with my mind of my body, how it feels. And so when that trauma comes up, does my body feel a certain way? Yes. So now I, I have something else to recognize. When you know, yoga has helped me become aware of my thoughts, when the trauma comes up, does my mind think of certain things? 
Absolutely. And so now I can see those things. But it's the practice of yoga, the, the physical practice, the breathing practice, the meditation practice, which all turn the mind within, which is where I'm supposed to be looking. Spirituality is about looking inside and then doing a whole bunch of work on that. And that's a lifetime of work. You know, instead of looking at you and judging you and saying, you should be this way, you should think this way. And if you don't change the way you are, then I'm not going to be happy. That is the ego. That's my mind and its attention focused outward. Spirituality, whether it is connected to a higher power or not, and it does not actually have to be, you can use things like Stoic philosophy, totally legit, is to turn the mind inward. And focus your attention there, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. How am I feeling? What am I thinking? I, what am I thinking? Questioning that thinking, not judging it, not saying you're a bad person for thinking that. That's the practice of yoga, of, of non-harming. I'm not supposed to harm myself here. I'm supposed to do this with an open mind, just like it says in the big book do it with an open mind, but I am definitely thinking about my thinking. I am definitely thinking about my feelings. I'm definitely thinking about what's going on inside. That's where all the work is, in the mind. And the body is a way to get there using physical um, aspects of yoga. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about your class and maybe let the listeners know how they can get in contact with you? Sure. Just um, briefly, just my, I am doing a yoga class every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it is a $5 yin yoga class uh, where I'm basically, it's basically a reintroduction of the uh, class that I used to do live. So there's, uh, you know, some bumps and hiccups going on. I'm just trying to figure it out exactly how it works, where, I, where I'm doing it. Right now, I'm just doing it on the back porch. Uh, but essentially, the style of yoga that I'm doing is called yin yoga. Yin yoga is a very, I would say, it's, it's a very passive style of yoga in terms of, you know, we're not standing and balancing on one leg and moving from posture to posture. That's not what yin yoga is. Yin yoga is uh, a deep stretching style of yoga where we are stretching the body, holding postures for extended amounts of time, four to five minutes. It is a very impactful for the body. This is the reason why I've chosen this style of yoga is because it literally will help to improve the, your physical health but at a very different level. And when I say it's a different level, we're literally talking about the muscle and bone connection. It stretches that aspect of the body. And so while most people go to the gym and they think of, I want to get bigger, I want to get stronger, I want to lose weight, I want a six pack, blah, blah, blah. That's totally cool. That is absolutely cool. But that's only one aspect of the body. That's the physical exterior aspect, you know, you know building muscle. But what we're doing here is we're actually stretching the connection of the muscle to the bone. And there's two benefits to that. One, it's physically very good for the body. You, you basically strengthen those connections. But if you're prone to running and doing all these other exercises, 
what yoga can do to help facilitate your spiritual path is to change the way you think about your body. So I've chosen yin yoga because we're approaching the body from a very different standpoint, a di very different way um, of approaching the body and stretching the body, which will help you just make a little bit of a shift. And that's all we're going for. We're going for a little bit of shift. I understand my body differently. Well, guess what? When you get that, I understand my body a little differently, so much can open up for you. So much can open up. So that's why I chose in that style. Your body can be very sore the next day because you're stretching the connective tissue of the body. Uh, but it's also very uh, conducive to doing some meditation, meaning that I'll do some readings from the big book, lately been doing On Awakening or uh, Before We Retire, you know, those portions of the 10th step where we're literally doing thinking about our day while we're stretching the body. So you connect to the body and then you think about your day. It doesn't mean it's going to be better. It simply it compounds itself, I guess you could say, right? So when you're connecting your mind to your body and then you start thinking about your day, which is internalized, you know, what did I do today? What did I do today? I've got to think about that. It can help to uh, just improve the quality of the answers you're getting. You know, it's not to say that you're going to be floating on a mountain. It's simply, it's about improving the quality of, of the steps or, or whatever the meditation we may be. I've done a serenity prayer and things like that as well. So uh, anybody who'd love to join, you can just check me out on Instagram. I typically have the link to my uh, website for the $5 on my profile on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, it's at a yoga beast for Facebook and then a underscore yoga underscore beast on Instagram. So if you'd like to join. Now, uh, the other, just one other thing in terms of yoga, I don't expect people to come every week. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to know that it's there. My job is to show up, to provide the service. If you come one week and then 10 weeks later, that's cool. It doesn't matter. I'm here. If you want to talk to me about yoga, you can always reach out and I can help facilitate what it is you want to do whether it be with me or with another teacher, we can find another teacher for you. It's not my purpose to be everybody's yoga teacher. It's just to facilitate your own practice. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And thanks for uh, having me today. I really appreciate that. Thank you for coming on, man. You had a lot of great stuff to share and, and you've given me a lot to think about. So thank you again for being on. Absolutely. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show and explaining to the listeners and to me what it is that you do and how yoga can benefit our recovery. If you would like to get in contact with Aaron, his information will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes. Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about an exciting new partnership with Broken Chains Apparel. They're a custom online shirt retailer that designs cool shirts for people in recovery. They want you to be proud of your recovery and wear it boldly. They're offering our listeners a 20% discount 
All you have to do is use the promo code recovery at checkout. Go grab your shirts today at brokenchainsapparel.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Broken Chains Apparel.